Traders Point, how are we? Hey, it's so good to be with you. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors around here. And what you just watched is actually just a sneak peek uh, into the lives of Brian and Jenea. And they're actually going to be here on January 5th on this stage to sit down and just have a conversation with Aaron. And I'm telling you, what you just saw in that video, that's just scratching the surface of the relationship of what they went through from drugs and depression to ultimately Jesus showing up and changing everything about their lives. So I'm telling you, January 5th is a day that you do not want to miss. Make sure you get back here for that. And before we get rolling today, I do want to take one more second and celebrate what's about to happen starting next weekend. Christmas services, one more time, 26 services across all of our campuses. Come on. Christmas is a really, really big deal to us because of, of what, it, what it shows us, what it tells us, what it means. And that's why we're throwing an over-the-top party 26 times over the course of a few days. And so this week, as we're gearing up for it, I just want to ask you guys to be praying for Aaron. That man is about to start a preaching marathon starting this Thursday. And so join us in praying for him. And in this moment, can we just stop and celebrate him right now? Let him hear it, that we're behind him. Let him know that we're for him, that we believe in him. We can't wait to hear what God has given him this Christmas. Come on. Incredible. But uh, as far as today, today is December 15th. All right, we are 10 days out from Christmas. This is possibly the most chaotic 10 days of the year, right? There is so much to do. Like, it's almost surprising that the room is filled right now because there's so much that you could be doing. Like, right now, let's be honest. Who here has already done all of their Christmas shopping, every single bit of it? You think you're better than me? You put your hand down. Where's my people? Who still has some to a lot of Christmas shopping to do? Yes, you can do it. I believe in you, all right? It's not even considered shopping until you're down to like Christmas Eve and you're going through the racks So there's nothing there. You know there's nothing there, right? Like that is when the chaos ensues of like, what are we going to do? What am I going to give the people that I love most? There's nothing here at Target. Um, where else am I supposed to go? But what we've been doing in this series over the past few weeks and leading all the way up to Christmas is looking back to that first Christmas. Because all of the feelings that maybe you're holding on to going into this first Christmas, chances are what you're going through was a lot of what people were going through during that first Christmas. Like it wasn't the perfect picture that a lot of times we have in the back of our minds. It wasn't the, the picture on the wall. It wasn't the nativity that set up at your grandparents' house. There was a lot going on those few days before Christmas. And if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and flip to Luke chapter 1 starting in verse 26. And what we've been doing over the past few weeks is kind of using these verses to set up everything that we've been teaching. And what we've said is that Jesus came on that first Christmas to provide a way back, a way back from our fears, a way back from our anxieties and a way out of chaos. That's what we're gonna be looking at today. But just so we can all jump off from the same spot, let's go to Luke chapter one, starting in verse 26. Take a look at this. It says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. 
This doesn't exactly comfort Mary, though, because keep reading. It says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? Fair question. I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Confused, disturbed, and left questioning how. How is this going to happen? Like this is a perfect recipe. If you want to know what chaos is, as if you need any explaining to what chaos feels like, it's that. Disturbed, confused, how is this going to happen? Anyone here had one of those moments in your life where everything seemed like it was going one direction? You were facing this way. You could see how your life was going to go. But then in a moment, everything changed. In a moment, everything changed. And no longer was this clear over here of what it was going to be when you got the phone call, when you got the diagnosis, when you sat down to have that talk that you didn't think would end the way that it did. But now everything is changing And you're confused and you're disturbed and you're wondering, how is this going to work? How is this thing going to play out? You've been there. I know I have. I remember where I was. It was right after I got married. We got married. We moved into the smallest apartment uh, in the history of apartments, right? It was beautiful, though. It was perfect. But I could walk in the front door and two hops. I could be in the living room, in the kitchen. I could be in the bedroom. Like, it didn't matter where I was at any point. One spin move, and I was wherever I needed to be, but it was great. And we were young, and we were in love, and we decided let's hold off on having kids. Let's wait on that. But life's too easy and too great to just leave it at that. So let's, let's do something. Let's get a puppy. <laughs> That'll be great. Let's do that because life's good. It's too, it's too easy. It's too fun. Let's get a puppy. So we get a puppy. And if you've ever gotten a puppy, they look great, like online in pictures, But then when they come home, they're the worst. (laughs) Just chewing up everything, peeing all over the place, whining in the middle of the night. Like this is, what were we thinking? Like this is a lot. But we get this dog on like a Tuesday and it's Friday. We've made it through the week with this dog and we're sitting on the couch. Me, Steph, my, my wife and the dog watching Everybody Loves Raymond. Like this is a good night. We did it, like we survived. And then my wife turns over and she looks at me and I'm, she's about to say something. I'm like, I'm thinking, what is she going to say? Like, you want to move this party into the other room? No. Uh, <laughs> me too. Um, that's not what she said. She said, hey, I think I'm pregnant. I said, hey, uh, how do you think that? What does that even mean? How do you have a thought like that? Because we got a dog. Uh, We decided not to do the baby thing, Um, but she said, I think, and I said, okay. Uh, So that meant that I think that I should go to CVS, (laughs) and I go and get the test, and I should have known because for the past nine years when my wife thinks something, it's usually true. Um, So I remember being in the living room, she's in the bathroom, and she starts yelling out that she's pregnant, and I'm like, oh my goodness, and in that moment, everything changed. 
Now, it wasn't because I didn't see myself being a father one day. It didn't even mean that I didn't want to be a father. But it felt like chaos because it was unexpected, right? I thought when I would be a dad, my life would look a little bit different. Hmm? I thought maybe my housing situation would look a little bit different. Like, where am I going to put this baby? I thought my paychecks would look a little bit different. I thought my bank account would look a little bit different. I thought I'd be a little bit older, a little bit wiser, that I can actually impart some things to this tiny little child. But it all just came, and everything just like, in a moment, changed. Have you been there? Like, that's usually when the chaos ensues. There's, there's two things that bring chaos. It's when we face the unexpected and we're met with the unknown. When we face the unexpected and we face the unknown, it's when everything begins to get blurry and we're trying to figure this thing out. Like, what does this mean now? Because I had a clear picture over here, but now we're over here. What, what do I do with this now that my future isn't as clear as I thought it was? And for, as far as things being unexpected, like that probably would have been Mary and Joseph's catchphrase for the next 30 years. Like, well, that was unexpected. From this, from this moment where they're just going about their lives, the angel comes and says, hey, you, you, you're about to give birth to the Savior of the world. Well, see you later. And the angel leaves. And so for a moment, she has to be processing, like, was that real? Did that really happen? Can I be sure of this? And the months go by, and there's a good sign. She looks down. There's a baby. It's starting to grow. She's like, okay, that wasn't crazy. That wasn't just a dream. That is really happening. We are really pregnant. We are really going to do this thing. And at that moment, she had to be thinking, okay, this is what my life is going to look like. God just met me in this moment. This is God's plan. This is God's baby. He is going to protect me. He is going to roll out the red carpet. My life is about to look pretty darn good. And that lasts for about nine months. And when Mary's about nine months pregnant, like painfully pregnant. Any women in the room ever been painfully pregnant? Yeah. So everything's hurting. Back hurts. Stomach hurts. Everything is hurting. And Joe comes home and says, babe, we're about to take a trip. And maybe she's thinking like a baby moon. Like we're going to take a trip before Jesus. This is going to be incredible. I'll start packing. Joe's like, no, no, no. Uh, not like that. Um, see, we got to go back to my family's town and register for this census. This would not have been the fun trip, the exciting trip. This would have been grueling. From where they were to B-Town, where they needed to go, Bethlehem, it was anywhere from seven to ten days. And since we're exactly ten days out from when we celebrate Christmas, let's call it ten days. Ten days. They are traveling through mountains, traveling through weather, walking on swollen feet, just hurting. And they finally get there, though. They arrive in Bethlehem, and so much is unexpected. From the unplanned pregnancy, this, un, this unexpected trip to Bethlehem in the very, just the nine, in the nine months. Like, this is so hard. And they get there, and they start walking around, figuring out where they need to register, what they need to do. And Mary turns to Joseph, and she says, hey, I think, I think I'm about to go into labor. And Joe says, what do you mean you think you're about to go into labor? We're, we're nowhere near our home. We're not near our family doctor. What does that even mean? You think you're going to go into labor? I don't think so. But it turns out uh, Mary, like most women, are right in these circumstances. And she says, no, it's about to happen. And so they try to figure out a place to go. And every place they go, every house, every building, there's no room for them anywhere. 
the only spot that they can find to give birth to the Savior of the world is in a barn. That would have been unexpected. Like, can you imagine, just go with it for a second, trying to process where Mary was. She's been given this direct message from an angel, from God, that she's going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And she goes through this long and grueling pregnancy where she is literally providing lodging for the son of God. And then she gets to this town and she's ready to give birth, but the world can't provide lodging for her? Like what is going on? How does this make any sense? This is so unexpected. You ever been there? Like you thought your life was gonna go one way, you thought God was for you, which meant that meant smooth sailing. Life was gonna look different. And then you stepped out in confidence and you're like, whoa, 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 this does not match. Like I'm following God, I'm doing these things, I'm loving people, I'm forgiving people, but why does it feel like I'm, it's not coming back? Why does it feel like it's not being reciprocated? Why does it feel like I'm doing all these things, but it's, but it's not matching the way I thought it would? Like that's where Mary and Joseph are. And they're in this barn and Mary's in labor and she has a baby. She has this beautiful baby boy and she names him Jesus. But they, there they are. They're in this barn. Think about it. Just been traveling for 10 days, covered in sweat and gross, haven't showered. They're literally living in a barn. Like hay is just stuck to their face. The baby's crying. They're trying to figure this thing out. They've never been parents before. What would be the worst thing to happen at this moment? an unexpected visitor, right? That's exactly what happens. They're in this barn, they're trying to figure out life, they're all gross and disgusting, and then they hear a knock on the barn door. Side note, even today, if you get a knock or someone rings your doorbell, do you not immediately like get anxious and like, who could be here? You start like getting real quiet and low, like, did you order anything? <laughs> Food, Amazon? Who's out there then? No one likes us that much to just drop in and come see. Who's out there? But Joe, Joe goes to the door. He's like, I don't, I don't know. And he swings open the barn door and it's shepherds. And he turns back to Mary. He's like, Mary, did you, did you order any shepherds? What are you fellas doing here? Like, think about this. This was all so unexpected. Who would even have known that they were in this barn? Who would even have known that Jesus was already born? Well, Luke tells us exactly what was happening in just a field away. Take a look at this. In just a field away, when they were going through the most just chaotic time of their lives, when everything seemed so unexpected, when they felt so alone, questioning probably, did God leave us here to go through this alone? Look what was happening in the field just down the road. It said that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, no, no, don't be afraid, he said, because I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snuggly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. This celebration is happening just outside the chaos. 
A savior has been born. Think about this. These shepherds are just sitting in a field minding their own business. And then this one angel pops up and then tells them all of this. Hey, the Savior was just born. Gives them every single detail of what to look for and where to go. So this, even though it felt unexpected, God knew exactly what was happening every single step of the way. And then as he's about to leave, they think he's about to leave. But then they start seeing angels more and more angels. All of heaven's army is now covering this field and they begin worshiping and singing that Jesus has come, that he is here. Like picture Kanye's choir, but like a thousand times better, right? Just singing, Jesus is king. And then they just disappear. And the shepherds are like, we, we gotta come, we gotta know. We gotta know what this is all about. So then they start going and they know exactly where to go. Did you notice that? Down to the detail. He told them what barn to go to, what they could look for, what the baby was going to be dressed in, where the baby was going to be placed. He knew every single detail because God had told him. And that really begins to push up against this idea. A lot of times when we are met with the unexpected, it can feel like, I don't know if this is right. Because I had an order for my life. I had a future that I was looking at. And that's order, right? When things go as I intended, that's a lot of times the way we define it. Order is when things go as I intended. Anything that interrupts that is chaos. But what God is showing here on that first Christmas is that even though it was unexpected, even though it felt like it had no order, God was doing something all along in a field away. He knew exactly what was happening. And that brings us to a bigger definition that is so much more helpful. And here's what order is. Order isn't when things go as I had intended. Order is when things go as God had intended. That's what order is. And that's something that can bring our heads up. That when we get into these situations where we feel like we're so alone and we feel like maybe God's not there. No, God's saying, no, I'm there. I've been there all along. There is nothing that happens that I don't know about it, but it just depends on the seat that we're in of what we are able to see and the things that we focus on will shape whether we're sitting in chaos or whether we have the faith to know, now God is in this. Like think about it from, from this perspective. Um, when you're going on a road trip and you get in the car and you start going, you're on the interstate and maybe you're like two states away and you're flying through until you're not. You just start seeing brake lights and brake lights and brake lights until your car comes all the way to a stop. Like anyone just feeling anxious, just thinking about that right now. Like this is not the way it's supposed to go. This is so unexpected. We're on an interstate. We should be able to go anywhere from 65 to 85 miles an hour, depending on where you are. We shouldn't be stopped right now. There is something that has gone horribly wrong. I need to get out of it. Like I look for the first exit. I cannot sit here any longer. I will go three hours out of my way just not to sit here because it feels like it's so unexpected. It feels like there's no order to it. But is that fair? Is the road work that's really happening, is that chaos? Maybe from my seat, from my limited perspective. But the truth is this road work was planned. The truth is that there, there were hundreds of people working on this. The truth is they had meetings. The truth is that day, everyone had the tools that they needed. The truth was they were working on this road to actually make it better. And here's the big one. They actually have a blueprint of what this is gonna look like when it's all said and done. They have everything that they need. And I think God came to show us on that first Christmas that hey, when you find yourself in chaos, when it feels like everything is unexpected, when you're sitting there standing still and you don't know why you're not moving, God 
God saying, trust me, I got people working on this. Trust me, my angels are out in the heavens. Trust me, they're coming down here. Trust me, I have a blueprint for the way this thing shakes out. Just trust me. Everything that feels like it is so unknown in the moment, God is saying, no, 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 I got a plan for that too. And usually in these moments where we face the unexpected, when the unexpected happens, our minds drift to the unknown, right? To the unknown of how, how, how is this going to happen? Like when I found out that Steph was going to have a, a baby, how? How are we going to afford this? Where are we going to put this baby? It's barely enough room for me, the dog, and her. Where's the baby going to go? How? And if you noticed in that first interaction, when, when the angel comes down to Mary, this, this would have been just so incredible, but still he lays it on her and he says, you are gonna give birth to the savior of the world. And her first response, did you catch it? How? How? The unexpected happened and her mind went right to how? How is this going to happen? Because my life was looking like this and now you're saying it's gonna be like this. Tell me how. And she had a legitimate response. How? Because the order wasn't going the way that she thought it would, but quite frankly, the order was going in a way that it's never gone before. <laughs> because she's saying, how? I'm a virgin, and you're going to say I'm going to have a baby. How? But a lot of us, we get into these spots in our lives. When the unexpected happens, when we're met with the unknown, we think, how? How is this? This order is not right. This is not going the way that I thought it would. Why is this on my shoulders? How? I'm a student. I don't even know what we're having for lunch tomorrow at school. How is this happening to me? How is this happening? I'm a single parent. Why is this falling on my shoulders? This doesn't make any sense. How am I going through this? Why would I go through this loss? How? I don't have the experience. How? I don't know what to do. How? I'm too old. I'm too young. How? That's usually the response that we have to the unknown. But did you notice what the angel's response when Mary said, how, to one of the biggest things that could have ever happened, she said, how? And the angel said, here's how. Don't focus on, on the details of the unknown, but here's what you can focus on. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. God said, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're focusing on the wrong things. Yes, this is a lot. Yes, this is unknown. Yes, if you're looking at this from face value, no, you don't have everything you need. No, you don't match up. But if you look at it like this, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Everything that you're not, God is saying, I am. When we face the unknown, when everything is not going the way that we thought it would, when our minds drift to the unknown, God is saying, no, 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 come back over here. Come back over here. Listen, it's not about who you are. It's about who I am. And everything that I am is enough to overshadow everything that you aren't. How, how's it going to happen? I'm a student because the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. How is it going to happen? I'm a single parent because the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. In every situation, wherever you find yourself in the unknown, you can rest on that truth that God is there and the presence of his Holy Spirit is enough. And these are the things that we can cling to. This is the truth that we can cling to. Instead of getting lost in the unknown, we got to say, no, 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 what's, what's true? What's true about this moment? No matter what the environment's telling me, no matter what people are saying, what's true? What can I focus on? You see, in our lives uh, right now, um, 
It's been a long time since that first pregnancy test. We now have three kids. Uh, they are, we have so many kids. They are seven, five, and three. There was a lot of, hey, I'm thinking uh, <laughs> I'm pregnant. Uh, and I've been to CVS a lot. But uh, my son right now, he's, he's five years old. And he's, uh, he gets scared, um, especially in the middle of the night, right? If he's asleep and then wakes up in the middle of the night and it's just darkness, you know, the darkness kind of plays tricks on him and he begins to think things that just aren't real, that, that just aren't true. And so we'll go in there and we'll calm him down and tuck him back in and tell him, you know, there's no monsters in the closet or there's no one coming to get you, you know, it's okay. But there's only so many times, like, you can go in and tell a kid that there's not monsters in the closet. You're like, he's just not getting it. Like, we got to try something else. So my wife recently, when she goes into the room, she sits down, and what they do is they focus on what's true. Instead of getting lost in, hey, there's, there's not monsters in the closet or what's going on, she says, no, 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 look at me. What's true? What's true is that, hey, you're in your bed, bud. Look down. This is your bed. What's true is, is, that, is that you're safe. What's true is that you're not alone. Mom and dad are just right down the hall. As soon as you scream, we were here, right? What's true is that, that we're always going to be right here. As soon as you call, we're right here. That's, that's what's true. And I think so much of our problem a lot of times is when we get into the unexpected and the unknown and we face all of these things, our minds begin to race and we try to just take away the question marks because life is looking so much different than we thought it would. The order seems wrong. It seems like everything is out of, out of wax. We say, how can we make sense of this? And we focus on the unknown, trying to piece that together. But what if this week, as you're going through life and it's the busiest time of the year, the most chaotic time of the year, chances are this week is looking differently than you thought it would. Maybe with who you're sharing Christmas with, what, what you're going through, what just broke at your house. It's usually a furnace, a water heater. Something goes down exactly when you don't need it to. But in those moments, what would it look like as, as a church if we would just pause for a moment and say, no, no, what's, what's true? Allow the anxiety to leave, allow the fears to leave, and just, just get down there and say, no, no, what's true? What can we know? Because what we can know actually sheds light on all of the things that are unknown. It doesn't take them away, but it allows us to deal with them. It allows us to walk into the chaos. So what can be known in any situation, no matter who you are or what you're going through? What the first Christmas tells us is that you are loved. No matter what situation you're going through, no matter what you're facing, what's the truth? The truth is that God would send his only son here to be born in a barn for you. What does that mean? The truth is that God sees you. Even when it seems like it was unexpected, even when it seems like it all is unknown. No, no, God says, I see everything. And when Jesus was actually teaching here on earth, he was going through this, this ministry here. And he was talking about this. And he says, nothing happens without God knowing about it. He said, you know, sparrows, you know, birds, not one of them falls to the ground without God knowing it. He is there. He's involved every single step of the way. And then Jesus takes it a step further. And he says, and for you, for you, God knows you. Oh, God loves you. God has such a high value on you. He cares about you so much. You're wondering if he sees you. He sees you. Every single hair on your head has been numbered. Even when one hair from your head falls, God knows that it fell and why it fell and what he's going to do about it. 
And then Jesus takes a step back and says, yeah, like I said, when one sparrow falls, God knows about it. How much more valuable to God are you than a whole flock of sparrows? Like you can have this that you can cling on to. That no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what tries to steal your value and tell you you're not enough, no matter what you face that feels like chaos, you say, how? God is saying, because my spirit will come. The Holy Spirit will come and overshadow everything that you are going through. Can we celebrate? Celebrate that this morning. That God is for us. That that's what's true. That that can be the thing that takes us into the chaos. And it's actually our way out of it. Because it is a horrible look to go through life and to think that it's just going to go as we thought. That life is just going to bow down to the way and the order that we have. No, but we have something bigger than that. We know the one that has the blueprint. We know the one that is in control. Even if it's unknown to us, we know that it's known to him. And you see, the, the life of Jesus for, for Jesus, for his mom and dad, would have continued to be so unexpected. And not just for them, for everyone. You see, Jesus was born in that barn, but then he grew up. And then he starts this public ministry where he goes out and he starts showing that he really is who he said he was. He really is who the angel said he was. And then he goes out and he's teaching and he's talking about God in a way that no one has ever heard before. And he begins going to these different towns and he starts healing people. People that were once blind are no longer blind anymore. People that had leprosy are, are no longer have leprosy anymore. People that were dead are no longer dead anymore. And people are looking like, yes, this is the way we thought it was going to go. This is our king. This is the savior. This is the good news that the, that the shepherds told us about when they came that day. It is all happening. Until it wasn't. Until the unexpected happened. Jesus is at the end of his ministry. And then he's betrayed. He's sold for just a few pieces of silver. And then he's taken in, he's arrested, and he's sentenced to death on a cross. He's beaten. He's unrecognizable. They make him carry his cross, and as he goes out, everyone had to be thinking. Mary, the, 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 the disciples, everyone that once knew Jesus and thought this was the Savior, now this thing happens. It's so unexpected. And they begin questioning, is this really who we thought it was? Because this doesn't look how we thought it would go. This is not the order that we thought it would go down in. And Jesus goes to this cross, savior of the world, king of the world. And he takes his last breath and he dies on a cross for me and you. This is so unexpected. And they take Jesus' body off the cross and they take him to a tomb and they throw him in. And then now it's just unknown. Now this following that had started, all these people that had seen so many miracles, had heard from God directly they begin questioning, how is this going to work? Because we just saw a man that was dead, thrown into a cave. What does this mean for our savior? What does this mean for good news? And there was a day of unknown and then two days of unknown. But on the third day, in that tomb, Jesus' lifeless body began to breathe. Jesus came back to life. Jesus came back for me and you to show us this is the way back. That even when we see things that just seem just so chaotic, when it seems so out of order, when things seem to be lost, all hope is gone. Jesus is saying, don't count me out. 
I've never done this. Maybe unexpected to you, but God had a plan all along. And when Jesus came back, what he came to extend to me and you was a relationship. Through the chaos of the cross, God was reestablishing order. He was reestablishing our relationship with him. Now we can come to him. Now we can believe in him. And when we do, he sends his very spirit and it overshadows us. It gives us everything that we need, not just for this world, but for the world to come, for eternity. This is what we have because of Jesus. That when we find ourselves in these situations, we have nothing to fear. When the anxiety comes, when the chaos is there, God is saying, no, no, even when it seems like I'm not there, I'm there. And when you begin to question, is this going to work or is this going to happen? Remember, Jesus said, I came so that you could come back. And would I have, would I have come if my father didn't have a large house with many rooms for every single one of you? Yes, I know the world rejected me. Yes, I know the world abandoned me, but I am here for you. And Jesus extends this to everyone. No matter what you're going through, where you've been today, let today be the day where the spirit of God overshadows you. And what it takes is belief. Even in the chaos, even when you're having a hard time matching up your life to a good God, you can trust through the first Christmas that God sent his very own son into this mess to bring us out, that we have hope, that even in the chaos, God is providing a way that Jesus is good news for all people. And what I wanna do right now is just, just pray. I'm gonna pray and talk to God, and then we're just gonna have a moment to be able to sit down and to ask what is true. What are the things that we can cling on to? What are the things that can bring us into this holiday season? What are the things that can take us into 2020? It's that we are loved. It's that God is for us, that God has a plan, and God isn't going anywhere. That's the one thing that will never change. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for the story of Christmas for what it looks like for you to reestablish order, for you to fix what was broken, for you to come and what it meant, for you to wrap yourself in skin and bones and to be here for us. God, I pray for all of us as we go through life, as we face chaos, as we go through our fears and our anxieties and our minds go to the unknown, God, I pray I pray through your spirit that we could be refocused, that we could cling to what's true, that nothing happens without you knowing, that even though it's unexpected, you knew it. And God, no matter what we face or the hows or the question marks, the things that we don't know, you have sent your spirit here to overshadow us. God, let this room and all of the rooms be a response to your good news today, the good news that you sent your son here. Jesus, we love you. It's in your perfect name that we pray, amen.